listening to Real Talks Dominate Your Real Estate Business, a podcast for realtors. Every week, your host, Carly Bengals, sits down with experts in the real estate industry to discuss ways to become a more successful business owner. I'd like to welcome back to the show, Coach Amy Lassen. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. It is always good to see you. Today, we're going to be talking about maximizing your value and educating the seller. And before we start that, I was reminding Jerusalem a few minutes ago that today's the last day of the third quarter. Fourth quarter begin, the fourth quarter begins tomorrow. And what a year it's been, right? Um, yeah. I, I, I kind of divide this year in, in, into two, pre-COVID and COVID. There are trips that I took in January and February that feel like they were a different year. Oh, totally for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's places that I visited over the weekend and my friend was like, yeah, we were here in January. And I'm like, no, we weren't. That was last year. And he's like pulling up photos from his phone. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I digress. It's been a very strange year. I hope everybody out there uh, is staying healthy. Where do you want to start with our topic of the day, which again is maximizing your value and educating the seller? Well, I would love for you to clarify because for me, educating the seller is vital for every possible reason. And it's not necessarily in my perception about maximizing value so much as making sure that things go extremely well. Um, so to, to explain maximizing value. So I think that this comes right down to the listing presentation, right? And <clears throat> setting expectations with the seller. And I believe by doing that, you're maximizing your value and creating a less, a transaction with less friction, if you will. Yes. Right. Well, okay. I think most of us definitely do not what you just said. Uh, we don't do a thorough enough job of setting expectations. And you've said so many times on the show, Conflict arises when expectations differ, you know, and I I had a coaching call. Actually, it was on my mastermind that I had an agent ask, how can we handle inspection better with our own seller? Like here it comes. Here's the inspection. Now I'm butting heads with my own client. And we went back through, Okay, how did you discuss this in advance? So here's what I want to say. And Charlie, you decide how granular we get. Like, are we going to walk them through? you know, the listing presentation checklist style. So how many things do I need to cover before I put a sign in the yard? All the things, all the things right. <laughs> need to be super thorough. And then people who say, well, did I have time for that? Or um, I had a, a coaching client week after week, her issue was sellers would bully her into doing things their way. Or, you know, we had to go on the market in three days. You know, I just didn't get to do my process. I said, why? Why did you have to go on the market in three days? What's well, what the seller expected. I'm like, mm-hmm. why did the seller expect that? Right? Seriously. Who, <laughs> who made that rule? Um, and when people say, I'm in a hurry, it's rare that they really do have this 48 hour pants on fire, gotta sell it, right? That's super rare. So I think it's up to us to figure out what our standard is and to be really confident about sharing it, right? So, you know, it's kind of the the Tom Ferry karate chop. Here's what I know, right? So be prepared, be prepared to just really, really own the situation and explain your process. They're hiring you to do a job. 
If they have to boss you around and tell you how to do it, they're also going to be insecure that you don't know what you're doing. I think. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, I think that it's up to the agent to, you know, to set the tone. And if somebody speed things along, take the seller and, and why that may not be appropriate in this case, and then they can always decide, right. Sure. You know, if they're in a special circumstance or whatever, fine. But, um, so we were well, using it's an, the it's an outlier. That's a special circumstance. Agreed. I think most, most agents are going to say, you don't understand. Let me explain this one outlier. Like it's the rule. You've got to have your own rule that carries 90% of the time. Right, right. And Confidence I think, practice will get you there. Well, yeah, no, it, it's, it's funny you say that because I was just going to mention confidence. And the last mastermind that I did, we, we were talking a lot about confidence and the importance of confidence. And I think walking in with the confidence and a system yep. gives a seller comfort. Yep. So... Absolutely. For the agent out there that says, I don't want to go, you know, when do I go over for an example, running the example that you and I were talking about a second ago, which is the home inspection, you know, mm -hmm. when would you talk about the expectations around the home inspection? Is that during the listing presentation or is that before the home inspection? I would do it three times. I would do it at the listing presentation. I do would do it um when the contract comes in and, and they agree to sign the purchase contract mm -hmm. and then i would do it the week of inspection and of course it's not a complete repetition of the entire right. set you know section uh but you got to remind them right so so as inspection as an example and, and you may say no that's too much information okay, <laughs> it's time for us to figure out a way to deliver the information they need to hear, right? So Charlie, you and I have talked about how fortunate Remax Allegiance agents are that they have a beautiful pre-listing communication that they can send. So send your, your bragging on yourself, chest pounding piece well in advance of your appointment, right? right. Get the I'm awesome out of the way. Then when you're with them, whether it's on Zoom or in person, mm -hmm. you definitely walk through the current market statistics, you walk through the comps, you walk through the very targeted marketing plan for their property, you also walk them through the home selling process. You don't assume that they know, and you don't say, but Amy, they've sold houses before. Well, they haven't sold them with you. Yes, they did. They sold a house with me five years ago. Okay, fine. Still, remind them, right? Are you an experienced agent because you listed and sold a house once? I'm the best agent in this town. I sold a house once. Right. No, it takes a long time to learn this skill, okay? So them having sold a house, even with you, once five years ago is not enough. So you walk them through the process. And boy, has COVID changed it. And, and not just COVID. COVID has changed things. The pace of the market has changed things. And those right. are actually separate. So... I walk them through the marketing vision. I walk them through the current pace of the market. Then I walk them through how this is gonna go. Here's how showings are handled. This is how it's gonna be. Look, trick, 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 and you show them. And then this is how this is how inspection will be handled. This is what might come up with appraisal. This is how we're this is what we'll do if we have multiple offers. Mm -hmm. They may look like this. We may have this to consider. This is how we're gonna handle it. I'm gonna put it all on a spreadsheet and I'm gonna show you your options. We may get some love letters. I'm not gonna show you love letters and let me explain why or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you tell them this is how this gets handled. I was so fortunate, this most recent listing that I just closed, that we had the talk 
about what if it doesn't appraise? And I didn't honestly think that it wouldn't. I didn't. Okay. Because it's not that often. Mm -hmm. Agents love to talk about what if it doesn't appraise? And it usually right. does, right? right? A little bit of right. a trauma scene. But what if? And I brought it up and it didn't. Ah, oh, knife in the heart. It was so disappointing. But she handled it really, really well. We'd gotten 24000 over my already escalated price mm -hmm. and we didn't get it. We got halfway between my pretty high asking price and the contract price, we got halfway. Um, and she was pretty peaceful about it. She'd had the exact same thing happen on the place she was purchasing in Florida and she got it, but we had talked about it well in advance. So that's what I would say right then and there. But part of that is with, with the uh, example of inspection, show, don't tell. When you say, well, there's gonna be inspection, there's gonna be a lot, you know, you gotta think about it. All the talking isn't as persuasive as show them a copy of an inspection report. Mm -hmm. Say so these things are 28 pages. Look, let me show you. Gosh, this is the electrical section alone. Dear heavens, look how much is here, right? And you can show them. You can show them the picture. This is a five-year-old home, right? This is a beautiful, good condition home. And look at the laundry list of things they asked for or whatever, or things that showed up on the report. You just start setting an expectation because in this case, she was listed, she was in a pretty high end market, but she was also working in the suburbs and she had a $350,000 seller who was just crossing his arms on his chest and refusing to repair anything. And it was a little too late to back up and educate him about, would you rather put it back on the market over 400 bucks? Would you? Right. <laughs> so that's, that's what I would say. I like that. I have some coaching. I've got some coaching clients making videos of each step of the transaction and they are then sending those videos ahead of time so home inspection time for the seller you're sending them a video reminding them this is not the first um you know time that the topics come up as you mentioned but you're reminding them to expect during the home inspection you know in two days or whatever and you can turn that into a youtube series that other people can go, come and find and think wow this agent really has their game right has their game I love that and I have, you know, educated and, and encouraged that for quite a few years. And it's interesting. Yeah. I have uh, one particular client who has done it faithfully and he's super knowledgeable. I tease him because he's not good at self-promotion and he's like, he's, I call him, he's in my market. I call him when I have questions about real estate. I call my sister with contract questions. I call him about the actual properties because mm -hmm. man doesn't know his stuff. And so I've teased him. I'm like, dude, you're hiding your light under a bushel, create videos, right? So he finally pushed back on me. He said, I've been doing it. I've been faithful. He said, guess what? They don't watch them. I sent them via bomb bomb and I, and I track, they don't watch them. Interesting. Let's think about this because in this age of overwhelm, right? There's so much stuff in your Facebook feed. There's so much stuff in your inbox. You know, we just, we're overwhelmed with stuff all the time. Yep. Yes, do it. And yes, put it on your YouTube channel, but don't assume, hey, I sent them the one video. Wasn't that enough? Mm -hmm. Have a conversation. I would definitely cover, have a checklist, tell them what you're going to cover, cover it, go through it. Um, that's another thing about setting expectations. When you have the listing presentation, tell them. We're going to take an hour to go through the vision that we're going to craft together, the strategy for getting your home sold the way you want it to be done. Don't let them be shocked that right. you have more to cover after 15 minutes. So the agent that says it takes me an hour to go through my marketing, the pricing and my commission, do I then schedule another appointment to go through the, the process? Do I do it there? How do you do it? 
you know, that's a really cool idea, Charlie, that I actually hadn't thought of until you just now said it. Like, I think most of us are terrified of a two-step right now because we may lose the listing. Oh, agree. Yeah, I don't think the second step takes place unless you have the listing. <laughs> right. I never right. thought yeah. of that until you said it. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, this is golden, right? You get it signed, and then you say, the next step is it's sort of our launch meeting. Mm -hmm. I love this idea so much. I can't believe it just happened live. A launch meeting. Live. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. yeah good. Next we have our launch meeting and you walk it because now they've got a little bit more brain space to right. handle it. Yeah. yeah I, I write wow. that down. Right. No, that's good. Okay. Um, <laughs> other thoughts on ways to maximize our value and educate our sellers. We're not, you know, it, it, in, in, in we, we knew this topic, but sure how we were going to talk yeah, yeah, yeah. about the topic, right? And um, so we didn't get super granular today, but I do think that it starts with having a protocol, a system, a checklist, right? 100%. And, you know, again, I think, you know, that brings your confidence. The checklist is going to bring the seller comfort. Yep. Now, this real estate agent really knows what she's doing, right? Because you know, she's got a whole system for this thing, right? And sure. you know, the launch meeting, we're gonna go over all this stuff, it's gonna be great. You're always gonna, you know, I'm always going to know what's next and to expect next. I think yeah. to be able to look somebody in the eye and tell them that is power because most agents, they don't even bring it up, much less talk about it, right? It's not even right. mentioned. Right. Well, maybe, we, maybe we're being a little bouncy in this show because you and I have yeah. covered this topic so many times. And, and so we feel like we don't necessarily need to repeat ourselves, but let's repeat ourselves you absolutely have to follow a standard protocol, right? You have an initial interview conversation that follows a form, right? You don't guess what you need to ask when somebody, they call you or you call them and you're saying, really, really? You're thinking you're selling your house, really? Next month, wow, right? So what do you ask next? Follow the form, it's on the allegianceway.com, right? So make sure you follow a standard seller intake form or whatever you wanna call it, right? It's that initial seller interview. Then you send the pre-listing communication, whether it's a video, an email, um, some sort of attached um, presentation like Remax Allegiance mm -hmm. has. And then right. you send the Google form that asks, how old is your furnace? And right. So absolutely step by step. And then you educate them about what to expect on the appointment, whether it's Zoom or in person. And I highly recommend Zoom, by the way, if those of you, those of you who are in areas, jurisdictions or states, or maybe just with your own comfort level, that being in person is fine with you. Zoom is a really wonderful way to do presentations. It's a really wonderful way to keep eyeballs on content. Um, I have a coaching client who <laughs> he says he'll never give it back. He's just become such a fan of the Zoom presentation. It really, really saves a lot of time and helps him keep eyeballs on the content. So I recommend it. But either way, make sure they understand. And I can say, I would probably say if I was going to be, yeah, I think it's hard to be on Zoom for an hour and a half. Uh -huh. So I think is fine if you're going to be in person definitely an hour and a half because you got to walk through the property too but charlie what if you were doing true distancing what if you were listing this somewhat at distance and part of this zoom meeting is them walking you through the house with their phone oh back at the beginning of covid that was a thing yep so yeah, you know, about that timing so i've been thinking recently and i've been talking to some coaching clients about this especially those that still want to do the two-step Mm -hmm. Right. I want to go and I want to look at the house first. And I'm like, sure. be careful, because if you're competing, someone else is going to swoop in and they're going to get it on the first step. I said, if you're 
if the MLS and your questions to the seller do not paint a good enough picture of the house for you to feel comfortable about pricing it, then why don't you get on Zoom or FaceTime with them and have them do a walkthrough yeah. and just say, this is what we're doing in COVID times. That way we're limiting our face-to-face -to -face time together. And the agent's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So a quick walkthrough, that way you have an idea of, yeah, that kitchen really is a dump or wow, it's gorgeous. They really did just, you know, redo it, you know, yeah. during COVID or whatever. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I then, and then, you know, you, you're confident. And again, if you're, if you don't know what to expect, you're not going to be and really nothing. I think cuts confidence off at the knees is not and walking in and realizing that the picture you had of the house is totally not the reality. Yeah. And that's yeah. often because we didn't ask the right questions. Yeah, good point. Good point. So I think you're making a couple of super great points. The pace of this market is such that homes are selling quickly. And so you need to be prepared to pounce, right? And yep. I'm not saying rush your schedule or shortcut your process, but be in a hurry to be in communication with the seller um, and, and be proactive about price. I I never recommend buying listings by making up numbers that no, they can never get, right? Right. <laughs> Whatever the last agent is, I promise 20,000 higher. Heavens no. But for those of you who are maybe losing out on price, be as educated as possible about what really is possible. Because sometimes those of us who try to be eminently fair and conservative, we're shooting ourselves in the foot when someone else comes and says, no, I can get you the moon and the stars. And then they do. And you're right. like, oh, how did I not see that coming? Uh, so really, really be strong. Uh, be well prepared. That's a heck of a way to create confidence. Be well prepared for the appointment. Um, I was thrilled to hear a high-end luxury agent talk about his process and how he spends easily four hours um, just preparing the presentation that he's going to do. And that's for high-end. But don't shortcut. You know, think about how much you're about to earn and how much time this is worth. And if you lose out, if you spend a crazy number of hours preparing for this listing and somehow you lose out to another agent, pat yourself on the back for sharpening your saw and being that much closer to dominating in your own market. So I think preparation will take you really, really far. But we were supposed to talk today about educating the seller. So Charlie, let's talk about all the other things that you could set better expectations about. Because what are the, what are the times, what are the things that cause pain or worse, pain and it blows up? Or worse, pain, it blows up and they don't work with you going forward. Right. Right. I think a lot of us are used to painful transactions and we pride ourselves on being good firefighters. You know, oh, man, I saved that one. Saved it again. Rush of adrenaline. Right. And and the thing I tease the agents that I train about is you're, you're the pyro. Right. You're the idiot who started that fire. Right. We mm -hmm. can all do a way better job of managing the thing so that it doesn't blow up. Right. I had one reason. So here's how you do it. I'll tell you, here's another thing. Always be adding to your checklist. Always be adding to your checklist. I showed up to a closing last week. Mr. Oh, this is the buyer though. Sorry. I'm going to finish the story, but it's a buyer story. Okay. The buyer had moved from another state and discovered that he couldn't get a cashier's check, had to have the funds wired and couldn't get the funds wired because he had to be in person in Arizona. I'm in Colorado. Like they, they wouldn't let him send a wire without signing in person. I'm like, Oh my how gosh. Did I, how did I not ask? Do you know where your money is? And do you know how to get at it? Right. Yep. That went on my checklist. <laughs> yeah. So I think for sellers, boy, when new stuff comes up, 
Don't say, wow, that was a one-off, add it to your process, right? So, so Charlie, besides inspection, which can really be a big bugaboo, what would you say are other things that we could set better expectations around? Appraisal. You yes. alluded to that earlier today. Yes. Uh, pricing. You know, I think if we're going to price, the seller needs to know that that could be, you know, fraught with issues. Yep. Uh, so. Uh-oh, I can't tell if we've lost Charlie from my end. He's the, kind of the buyer's loan, right? Text. So, say that again. You were frozen for a second. I'm back. <clears throat> okay, say that the, again. The, <clears throat> the buyer's mortgage, mm. right? Yeah. Getting done on time, right? So we need yeah. to be in touch with the other agent to make sure that, that they are on track. We need to be in touch with the, you know, with the lender to make sure that they're on track. And that's something that a lot of agents used to be pretty lazy about. And if we're going to add anything to our checklist today, it needs to be be in touch with the title company, the mortgage company, right? Because a lot of these appraisers are running behind and it's causing delays. Yep. Yep. So maybe, <clears throat> Charlie, with two minutes left and you kind of breaking up, maybe I'll be bossy and take over the, the time. Because yes, I think. Thank you. So I think you're right. <clears throat> I think you're right about appraisal. So make sure you explain what are the possibilities that could happen with appraisal. You explain even you know, selling to a VA or an FHA borrower, you know, if you've got a seller who says, I don't want to make any repairs, if these are repairs that will hold up those types of loans, the seller needs to understand that, right? Just say, I hear you, we're pricing it accordingly, whatever that might be. <clears throat> uh, pad your net sheet. When you have a listing presentation, do a net sheet, show them every possible fee that could be on there. I pad mine with the possibility of paying for a home warranty, even though in this market, that's kind of ridiculous. The seller really doesn't have to do that. But I say, here's a possibility. You could pay for a home warranty. And then I pad it with say 1500 in repairs. And in Colorado, I say, your chances of having your radon come at, back from a test um, easily elevated is about 50%. So look, there's 900 right there. <clears throat> I let them have an expectation that a certain amount of money will be going out the door. You uh, walk with, I just, dang it. I was on a roll and I forgot the other thing. So, so make sure that they have an expectation of just that that would be a possibility and then talk to them about how they would feel because waiting till they're already bent out of shape because something was wrong with the electrical panel or whatever. Well, I never had a problem with it. You know, to have that conversation well in advance, <clears throat> the buyer is making an offer based on what they can see. And when the inspection comes back, there may be things that they didn't know. Mm -hmm. and they may ask for things just because they want to or because they desperately have to because of their loan or because they wouldn't be able to afford to move forward if you didn't make the repair for them or, or, or and walk them through all the scenarios so that it's not this simple yes, no. Right. So I think, and not all sellers are stubborn, by the way, in case I'm being unflattering. Um, some sellers are stubborn, but I'd say most sellers are stubborn when they don't understand. And so do the best that you can to educate. I had one recently, his wife warned me, he just, he's a super literal person and he just cannot be caught off guard. And we talked and he just said, I will not make repairs. And I thought, you're kidding, right? He hadn't maintained this house in 22 mm -hmm. years he lived there. And the thing was falling down around him. I, I did the best that I could to educate him and I just prayed. But the thing that ended up happening was I talked, even though he said no every single time we discussed it, when it finally came time, it's like he was a little bit more prepared and he was very reasonable then. Not Good. that everyone would be, but that's what I would say. 
follow a standard checklist. We have checklists for you to a download on the allegianceway.com. Um, always follow a process, always make it better over time. Don't assume the seller knows, tell them. And then besides just telling, do the coaching style, ask questions and let them self-discover. Let them tell you what concerns they have about an inspection or whatever that might be. Thanks for listening to Real Talks Dominate Your Real Estate Business.